I wanted to bring your attention to something if you didn't already know it. Uh, in your uh, syllabus, in the back, I, I, uh, pr I provided you a very uh, reasonably long reference source. There are uh, sources of Bible references and other Christian historic authors, and I've tried to include some not just from the Bible, but from various denominational resources, like there's some in here from the Adventist background, there's some in here from Methodist background, there's some in here from Congregationalist background, um, Baptist background, and so forth. So you, if you're talking to different uh, people, you can say, hey, you know, there, here's a reference that shows this idea, this thought, this construct. And so if you go through and read those, you may find these very helpful in all the major points. Dr. Jennings, I have a question. Yes, go ahead. I'm so sorry to interrupt. It's just a few things that I need to get off my chest. So I'm from the UK, and as you know, many people in my country and in Europe, they're turning away from Christianity in recent years in favor of a more scientific approach. I agree with a lot of the things that you say, but can't a lot of those things also be true without a God? You know, this is a really good question, and you're not the first person who's presented this question to me. And in fact, um, many people do take that view. With the, and, and when you look at God's design laws or laws in nature, many people do go down that route. But I have some problems when you look at the totality of how reality works. And you put all those pieces together, then you will find there are evidences there for an intelligent designer. I've never seen any evidence of life starting spontaneously from non-living matter. I've never seen that. I've never seen um, the second law of thermodynamics being violated uh, without intelligent input, being violated meaning things that are disorganized on their own without any intelligent input coming into greater order and structure and organization. I've never seen it happen. Uh, uh, and there's no evidence that it happens. In fact, I would challenge the scientists who would say that. I would say, okay, you, you want something reproduced. You have this theory. There is no intelligent designer to bring these things. Show me that actually happening. I can show you where intelligent uh, living uh, beings can take chaos and bring order. Show me how that can happen without intelligent input. And so when I put all the pieces together, and then when we understand that life requires three elements to be living, a living organism of any kind requires physical matter, it requires energy, and it requires actionable, usable data, what we call coded information in our DNA, whether it's a bacteria or whether it's a human being and anything in between, all three are required. Now, naturalistic explanations can try to explain uh, the origins of energy and the origins of, of matter come somehow to it, but there is no naturalistic explanation for coded information that's actionable and usable um, that is required in our DNA for the functioning of any organism. And even Richard Dawkins now has come along and said that um, they no longer believe that life originated here on Earth uh, spontaneously on its own because of the DNA information. Now, there's no explanation that it could naturally assemble itself with so complex code. So now the theory from Dawkins is that life was uh, seeded here by aliens from somewhere else in the universe. And I haven't talked to Dawkins, but if I did talk to Dawkins, I would say to him, thank you because now you've entered into Genesis 1-1. An extraterrestrial life came to planet Earth and terraformed it, forming life. <laughs> Well, I, I do agree with a lot of what you just said, but I find it hard to believe in a creator without what I feel is any tangible evidence of his existence. Um, right now, science appeals to me because it has a theory. It tests that theory, 
and then modifies that theory based on the outcome of the evidence and fact. What actual tangible physical evidence can you show me that God exists, he created the universe, and how are we supposed to test that theory beyond a, a, just a leap of faith? So both premises, uh, design or naturalistic, um, exist on, um, or both theories exist on premises that are untestable. And those premises are the origins of all things. And, and in the godless one, the origins of all things came with a big bang. And that's one of the, and, and, and we can't go back and test that. With the God design one, there was special creation. God created all things. Neither one of those origins are, are testable in a lab. You can't do it. We assume that it happened in this way. But the premises upon which they exist are testable. And the premises are, and I mentioned them in, in the answer just a moment ago, um, the premises are um, chaos, or first something coming from nothing. That's a premise in the Big Bang. There was, there was nothing. And then there was something, but it came from nothing. That's testable. We can test. Show me something coming from nothing, that premise. The other premise is there was something already, an intelligent God, and from him came other things. Now, I can show you something coming from something else. I can't show you something coming from nothing. That's testable. Next one, order coming out of chaos without intelligent input. That's this one. Okay, there was nothing. There was a big bang, and then all on its own without intelligent we got order. Or there was chaos and intelligence acted to put energy into a system to order it. That's testable, that premise. Um, living matter coming from non-living matter in one premise. Or living matter coming from another li living organism. That's testable. And, and then, then when we go to the DNA one also. So when I look at the, the premises of these two theory, theories, one of them, every premise which is testable, is disproven. The other, every premise that's testable, is proven. So I think that the special creation with an intelligent God is much more consistent with science and evidence and how we're able to test things than this other thing. Well, in a lot of your work, you, you claim a, a designer God. If I am to believe in a designer God and his design laws, then why does the Bible tell us of times when he intervened to break those laws himself through miracles. And what about the Ten Commandments? Those are examples of, of his imposed law. He gave us those Ten Commandments to follow. I love these questions. Don't you love these questions? Okay. So the first half of that question again was, because I, I got off on the Ten Commandments. Uh, well, if I'm to believe in a designer God... His... Oh, why does he seem to break them with miracles? Exactly. Okay, yes. So you've, I'm sure, I can't remember the famous person that said it, but um, there, there's this idea that any technology to a primitive uh, uh, society would appear as a miracle, right? Right. Yeah, Sagan said it. Okay, uh, so that would appear miraculous to, you know, a laser that we, a laser pointer that we had today, you went back 2,000 years, it would appear, appear like a miracle. Are we performing a miracle? Are we violating the laws of, of physics? So my view is that the creator God who built and sustains all of the laws upon which reality operate has multiple layers of uh, understanding of that reality that we can't even comprehend. So his performing miracles are not breaking his laws. They're simply acting in harmony with those laws to restore, heal, and, and correct. Uh, we just can't comprehend it. And so it's a miracle to us, but it's not a breaking of the law in my view. 
So that would answer that one. The Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments were a uh, loving intervention, therapeutic, to help expose and diagnose sickness and to protect those who don't understand how to live in harmony with them. So I don't see that as imperial. I see that as informative. Back when I was um, also descriptive, back when I was in my uh, medical school, there was a hospital that was still in standing at the time that used to be a tuberculosis hospital back in 1900. So it was a really old building. And as you walked in the building, there was a seal uh, on the floor uh, about its tr uh, tuberculosis uh, treatment and so forth that, that was a tuberculosis hospital. And um, we don't have those hospitals today uh, because we have medicines and so forth. But, but in that day, when people came into the hospital for tuberculosis, they might find a sign on the wall that you... Um, will not be able to leave here, or when you leave here, you shall not cough, you shall not spit up blood, you shall not have fever, you shall not uh, have nausea and sickness. In other words, this descriptive thing of all the things you shall not do are the descriptions of what you will be like once the tuberculosis is gone. You're not going to do that anymore. And so the Ten Commandments are not only a protective hedge and diagnostic tool, but they're a description that when you let the Lord do His work in your life, you will not have other gods before me, you will not take His name in vain, you will not uh, murder, you will not commit adultery, you will not bear false witness because you will have all that stuff removed from your heart and you'll live in harmony with love. Beautiful. Do you have one more? Yeah, yeah. I'll make this my last question and it, it, it leads off a little bit from the last one. A lot of Christian leadership nowadays, um, they are trying to influence um, lawmakers and legislation to bring us closer to their own interpretation of God, be it you know, a design god or a penal god. Um, what are your thoughts on that? On, uh, on Christians on legislating? Correct. Yeah. So this is another great question, legislating various laws of various kinds. My view of a, a design law application in a human government of God's principles are that healthy human governments are those that create atmospheres of liberty. So the, the laws are designed healthy to restrain evil, not promote righteousness. Do you understand the difference in what I just said? Laws of human governments are designed to restrain evil. So when we take an action, and what is evil? Evil is the, is the action to hurt, exploit, take advantage of another purpose for your selfish gain. So it's embezzling from another person, stealing from another person, um, uh, ruining somebody's reputation with slander, fall, bearing false witness, in other words. It's, um, it is... Um, murder or rape or all these types of things. It's hurting other people, exploiting for selfish advantage. That's evil. The law should restrain evil. They should not try to promote righteousness. Well, you need to attend church so many days a week, or you need to be baptized in this way, or you need to accept, uh, live your uh, personal life by, by not drinking alcohol in your home, or et cetera, et cetera. That's trying to promote righteousness, and when that happens, then we become coercive, and we uh, violate autonomy and liberty, which results in rebellion. So healthy laws restrain evil. They don't promote righteousness. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Can we give Sam Brewster a hand, please? Sam volunteered to do something because one of the things we're doing this weekend is we're the training and equipping course. Training and equipping course, not just so you have this, so that you can get up front and do this. You knew that, right? Okay, that's why you're here. So not just to learn, so you can get up front and do it. And part of the things that I've discovered people have difficulty with or get anxious about is fielding questions. How do you field questions? 
And so what we did here, we just modeled some things. Uh, he didn't ask me one that I didn't have an answer for. Uh, I was hoping he was going to, I didn't tell him what to ask me. I was hoping he would ask me something that was completely off the wall uh, uh, that, that I didn't have an answer for. Like uh, sometimes they get, well, you know, um, which thyroid medicine is better to help in this circumstance? And, and, or, you know, uh, my, uh, what do you do with a two-year-old that has this behavior problem? And, uh, and I go, well, you know, I'm an adult psychiatrist, and I don't treat that problem, so I really don't have an answer for you, okay? And, and, and I wanted to model for you that it is okay when somebody asks you a question to go, you know, that's a great question. I, I don't really have an answer for that. It's okay not to know everything. I just happen to have answers for those questions. Um, but the point being, um, when you do this type of thing, the questions can be very challenging to your view. He challenged the view of God, uh, I think, quite directly. I, I, did, did I seem threatened by those questions? Did I seem like I was like ridiculing him? No, no. I, in fact, I was like excited. Thank you. Those are great questions, okay? And that's what you want to do. When a questioner comes, you want to validate them. You want to make them feel, feel um, appreciated for the question, and you're not threatened because even if you don't know the answer, you have a heart that loves truth. We are finite. We acknowledge we don't know everything. And so the question can come that we haven't contemplated. You know, that's a great question. Man, I'm going to go think about that. I wish I had an answer for you right now. I don't have an answer for you right now because I've never considered that before. I'm going to have to reflect on that, study about that. And, um, you know, if I get an answer, give me some contact information. Maybe I'll send, that, send you an email I'll let you know. But right now I don't have an answer. But that's a really good question. And I appreciate it because it's going to stimulate me to study. It's going to help me grow. See, we're not threatened by questions that question um, our current perspective. I like those, those things because it helps me grow. In fact, I wrote a blog that came out Thursday where I had written a blog about a month ago on the flood and, and God's actions there, and I got some really, really probing questions from people that, that required me to do some more reflection and study, and it led me to even uh, new insights that I'd never considered before, and I was really happy about that. And I wrote a new blog about that that came out uh, a couple days ago. So that's how you, I think, um, we were just modeling how you can handle that in a way to feel relaxed and at ease.